The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. What I'm trying to say to you is God's working a plan for you. And I promise you, in His plan, there's no lack and no shortage. And in His plan, there's fulfillment, there's joy, there's peace and contentment and all the things you need for this life that God's chosen you to live. God has a plan for you and it's a good plan and it's a plan to prosper you and you can trust God's plan for your life. And even when you don't understand what's going on, you still know in whom you've trusted and in whom you've relied. Every great journey begins with a single step. Do you have everything you need to take that first step? or to keep going when the road gets hard? Discover how to have the faith you need for your journey through life with Dr. King's series, Faith for the Journey. You can have a book full of God's words, but the only ones that come to pass for you are the ones that you agree with and come out of your mouth. If you believe in your heart and say with your mouth what he says, then you can have what he says. You can receive this insightful three CD set for a gift of $20 or download the mp3s for ten dollars and learn where faith begins the importance of the words you speak how to energize and increase your faith how to make faith a lifestyle the significance of walking in love and forgiveness and much more to order this series go to poweroftheword.com or call us at 1-800-956-4433 Well, did you come expecting? Yes. Well, when you expect, you receive. Amen? Amen? That's what faith is. Faith has an expectancy about it. Amen? Amen. Let's go over there and look at that in uh, Hebrews 11. I want to talk to you today about what I believe is something really important. I want to talk to you about God's trophy case Amen. or heaven's trophy case. Everybody say trophy case. Trophy case. Now you find in uh, Hebrews 11, this is a great faith chapter in the Bible, in the New Testament. And it's kind of a condensed look at some real heroes of faith. When we find in verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And so there were many that have gone before us that have obtained a good report by exercising their faith. And without faith, we know it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that's not only believe that he is, but we must also believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. God wants to reward your faith. Amen? amen. I said amen. Amen. That's important to know. Now, you have this um, rundown here of many people that are mentioned, and this is, this is not a complete list. But you see um, verse number four, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So here we find Abel because he brought an offering of faith, by faith, 
they obtained a good report. So he had to be a faith offering when he brought it, or he wouldn't fit in this category here. Amen? And so um, Abel is one of those heroes of faith we find in verse number 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, but he was not found. In other words, he's walking along, and I heard one preacher say it this way. He said, he and God got so close, and God said, we're closer to my house, so just come and go home with me today. <laughs> you know, so, so he just left. He didn't die the natural death. He just left, and somehow he's there in heaven right now in an earthly body. You know, now I don't know what happened between here and there, but whatever it is, um, he went not the way of death. He went the way of translation. Amen. And he had a testimony that says that he pleased God. And he said again in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. We just quoted this. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God wants to reward you and reward your faith. He really does. You see in verse number 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things, of things not yet seen, was moved with uh, fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Again, that goes to that sal household salvation that we were talking about a little bit earlier. There's another illustration of that. That God saved his house because of his faith. Amen. And so you find it again and again and again through this 11th chapter of he Hebrews. We find in verse number 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place that he should uh, receive for an inheritance, he obeyed God and he went. He followed God. And so he obtained the blessing of God by faith. And we see in verse 11, through faith Sarah uh, received strength and conceived. And she's an old lady. She's in her 90s. And she had a child. And she had been barren. And by faith she conceived. Amen. And uh, we, we find again and again and again through this passage, we, we see uh, Samson, we see um, different ones. We see uh, Moses, we see uh, all the things that Moses went through when he denied what was a ready-made situation of prosperity and affluence and wealth because he was raised in the Pharaoh's house, but he decided he'd rather be with the people of God than have the prestige or the trappings of the world. And so he, by faith, chose to go the way of God rather than the way of ease or the world. And sometimes we're called out the same way. We've got, again, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Joseph. Joseph was a great man of faith. You know, you, you come even to the end of Joseph's life, which he lived a life of faith. But you come to the end of his life, he even died a, a death of faith. He said, take my bones. Don't leave them here in a foreign land. But you take my bones back to my place of origin. You take it to my homeland. Because there's a day that those bones are going to rise again. See, we, we, even when we come to funerals, we plant bodies by faith, anticipating resurrection, looking for the coming of the Lord. And so uh, you could speak, they're not in this particular chapter, but you could talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. 
She's a hero of faith. Be it unto me according to thy word. And she conceived seed and gave us our Savior. We find the Apostle Paul, who was a persecutor of the church. And Jesus appeared to him and he said, what would you have me do, Lord? So he gave his life over to the plan of God. We find the 12 that walked with Jesus. And there were 11, you know, that, uh, that Judas, you know, left his position. And the Bible says, let his bishopric another take. You find in Acts chapter 1 that that was taken up by another man. They determined who that would be. And there were certain criteria that made them qualified to be apostles of the Lamb. Not everybody would qualify for that, but uh, this man Matthias did. And so Matthias stepped into the place of Judas and became one of the apostles of the Lamb. So the 12, which became 11, was again returned to 12. And so those 12 walked with faith and walked by faith and obtained a promise from God. And now they're in heaven as apostles of the Lamb and will be forever. Amen. And we find that not only did God have a plan for each of these, but he has a plan for you. We find over in Jeremiah 29 in verse 11, familiar verse to probably most of you. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And so God thinks about you. Say, God thinks about me. God See, God has you on his mind. He does. He has you on his mind. You know that song, and there's, you know, I don't know, it's one of my, my favorite spiritual songs. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Now, you know, that can sound a wee bit self-centered when you think of the whole human race and God was thinking about you when he was on the cross. Well, that's the ability of God to personalize everything without competition. He can give you his undivided attention while he gives it to somebody else too. He has to be a time traveler. He couldn't do it. <laughs> or for Abraham was, I am. How do you do that? If you're not a time traveler, I don't know how you did it. He'd have to be. So I don't say that, you know, to make in light of something, but there's this ability that God has to suspend animation and not be uh, focused on all things where you are just some, some afterthought. He can focus all of his attention on you but someone else at the same time. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. That's amazing. He said he thinks thoughts about us. But you read that from the NIV, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, and plans to give you a hope in the future. So God not only had thoughts, has thoughts about you, but he has plans for you. Say, God has plans for me. God Say, God has a plan for my life. life. Now, I don't know if that matters to you, but it matters to me. You know, oftentimes people think about their future and the career and, you know, I'm going to, you know, train to be this or train to do that. Oh, no, no, well, that's all good. And we need to be trained and we need to certainly get <clears throat> as much education as we can get. But the thing about it is education apart from the plan of God is 
Really a big waste of, I'm not going to say it's a total waste of time, but it's a certainly uh, misdirected expenditure of time. Because God has a plan. And once you begin to understand that he has a plan, you begin to pursue his plan. You don't just pick up your plan and go. You understand he has a plan. And he has a plan for every single solitary one of us. And he's involved and he's engaged and he's trying to work that plan out in your life. And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes when I say we miss it, not so much we miss the plan. We do often do that. But we miss the recognition of the fact that there is even a plan at work. And sometimes we get short-sighted and we get distracted and we get caught up and we get preoccupied with the mundane and the unimportant and then the worries and the troubles and the trials and the difficulties that life can bring us. We get caught up in those things and we can't see, as the saying goes, we can't see the forest for the trees. We can't see the hand of the Lord anymore because we're preoccupied. We're caught up in things that really don't matter much. Now, as I've lived, and I'm older now than I used to be, and you have the experiences that you have along the way, a lot of the things that you used to care about and seem to be so important now carry very, very little weight. They don't seem to matter at all. And if we had known then what we know now, we could see how really trivial much of it that we spent a lot of time or were preoccupied with, how trivial it really, really is. It just doesn't mean much. And then you get down the road and you think, we spent all that time concerned about that. And I think a lot of the things that we're facing right now as a society, folks, I know that they're trying, you know, the supply chains, this and, you know, the shortage of that and on and on and on. You know, you can't even go uh, to a dealer now. They don't even have any new cars on the lot. They don't even have them. You think, uh, how, does this, how does this even work? Well, if you think it's not a plan, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> Somebody's planning some things, you know, and here we got gasoline. Everybody knows that story and, and on and on. You know, now they're telling us, you know, food and, and you know, everything they create it. And, and then they tell you it's your fault or Russia's or somebody's, you know, after they create the problem. But saying that, that's not my topic. But I say this to say to you, if you don't fear, and you don't relent in your faith toward God, you won't come behind in anything. I guarantee you, God is a supplier. You know, uh, I've bought a number of tanks of gas lately that have, you know, gone into the triple digits. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Here, here we are. But you know, I'm still buying. And I'm still driving. And all I can say is happy motoring. You know? They want you to have an electric something so they can control that too. You know, that's, that's another plan, you know. So we're being manipulated at a lot of levels. But again, that's not the topic today. But what I'm trying to say to you is God's working a plan for you. And I promise you, in His plan, there's no lack and no shortage. And in His plan, there's fulfillment, there's joy, there's peace and contentment and all the things you need for this life that God's chosen you to live. God has a plan for you and it's a good plan and it's a plan to prosper you and you can trust God's plan for your life. And even when you don't understand what's going on, you still know 
in whom you've trusted and in whom you've relied. And he'll take you safely to where he has for you to go. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives. Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, we know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text the word GIVE to 1-865-978-6380. And so each one of us that trusts God, there's a sense of destiny in all of us. It says right here, for I know the plans that I have for you. That's a sense of destiny. There's something bigger than you working in you, for you, and with you, and through you. God's manipulating circumstance favorably for his plan for your life. Amen. Well, I don't see it. Well, I know that's why we have to walk by faith. You know, we read those heroes of faith. <laughs> they walked with God. That's what faith is, walking with God. Sometimes we complicate it and sometimes we make it a little too tedious. But really, faith is just believing God, trusting God, trusting God to do what you can't do, and knowing He has a plan for you and He has a purpose for you. And God is making up a trophy case in heaven. Amen. Now we come over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, I, I, I've done this for a number of years, and a lot of times, don't, it's not always that I do this, but, but more than uh, any other verse, uh, if I sign something like a book or something that would be appropriate to put a scripture on, I typically put this scripture right here on it. And the reason I do is because I really believe in it. It says, now faith, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now there's a whole bunch you could unwrap right there and unpack. But taking the first part of that scripture, the first half of it, now thanks be unto God, which always, with an underscore under the word always, he always causes us to triumph. It didn't say part of the time we triumph. Maybe we might triumph. Maybe we triumph sometimes. Well, it doesn't look like a triumph. Maybe it doesn't look like it's a win. But he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, if you look at this verse, I might need to turn to that. I, I write my scripture down so it saves me time and I can I can get through stuff quicker, amen, <laughs> without turning so much. But I, I want us to go over here and look at this just a minute. It, it's just real interesting. Um, 
Because I want to read the verse after that. He said, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, and maketh manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. Now that word Savior right there is actually the word fragrance, or the aroma. Now you have a scent, if you will, in the Spirit. You put off, uh, and you know, it's a good thing. It can be a good thing. But you put off an aroma. You know, in the spirit realm, the Bible talks about marks. There's marks in the spirit. Now, what does a mark mean? You know, the mark of the beast. You know, there's various marks. But there's marks in the forehead of God's people, too. Not negative, but positive. So somehow, I, I, was, I was listening to somebody just the other day, and they were talking about birds. Now, I knew this was certain insects, but this was a new uh, insight to, to me with, uh, with certain birds. And it may be all birds, I don't know. Since I've never been a bird, I can't judge it. Uh, but they tell us that this particular species of bird that they were researching and talking about has a, a light spectrum that sees beyond what we see. In other words, we see from ultraviolet to infrared but the light spectrum is much, much broader than that. So there's this whole scheme of, or uh, palette, if you will, of colors that are outside our color recognition. So we don't have even a name for it, and we wouldn't know how to recognize it or how to describe it even if we saw it, because we've never seen it. But these birds, they see it all the time. Now, I heard this with about an insect. This was years ago. I heard this. But the monarch butterfly, you know, they're yellow and black. And, you know, they come and go and whatever. And uh, they're marked in a certain way that to you, a monarch butterfly, a male and a female look exactly the same. They don't, you, can't, you can't tell just by the markings. But a monarch butterfly can tell exactly. Because they have a light spectrum, they have the ability to see in a color palette that's broader than ours, so they see different things than we see. Now, this is very similar to what's being said right here. It says that we who walk by faith and we who live for God and we who trust God, we put off an aroma in the spirit. Now, you can't necessarily smell it, but it's detectable. You're marked in a way with unrecognizable natural marks, but the spirit world can see it. Angels can see it. Demons can see it. And you may even be able, one to another, to be able to sense it. Now, what do I mean? Because Paul said, I know no man after the flesh. In other words, what he was saying, I know or I relate based on spirit to spirit, not visual to visual. You ever, you ever felt the vibes? It's like, uh, <laughs> something about this is, <laughs> you know, because you, you can feel it, you know? So there's an ability to communicate beyond what you would see, hear, smell, touch, taste. Well, that's what he's saying. He said, there's this aroma in the spirit. It, it puts it off. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a smell about you. Tell me. 
<laughs> now look back at him and say, but it's a good one. <laughs> Tell him <that. laughs> All right. So he goes on to say here, he said, for we are unto God a sweet savor or sweet smell of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish to the one we are a savor of death. In other words, there's something that you put off that the world recognizes is not your death, their death. What do I mean? Your victory, their loss. Jesus' victory, their loss. See, you become a witness to that. You, you carry that odor, that fragrance around with you. You ever wonder why when you get in certain situations, things seem to go funny? Because you're putting off, and I said a minute ago, you're putting off the vibes. Well, that's what he's talking about. See, you're putting off the vibes, if you will. He said, uh, to the one we are like a savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. So when you get around somebody that's walking with God the way you walk with God, there's like a, just a, a freshness about it. You have this instant rapport. You have this instant something. It's almost undefinable, but then, you know, if it gets broken, it's like, mm. And you can feel that. See, that's what he's talking about. Are you home? Yeah, he said, so, so we put off that. And, uh, <laughs> and who is sufficient for these things? And anyway, but you, you kind of get the drift there without spending more time on it. It illustrates the point. See, we're putting this off. It's a part of our spiritual equipping. And we communicate spirit to spirit, heart to heart. Amen. book of Hebrews chapter 11, there's a very, very important list of people in God who have done great and mighty, wonderful things. We call it heaven's hall of fame of faith. You could call it heaven's trophy case. Well, that chapter, even though it's complete and entire in its own packaging, that concept is still living on. And throughout eternity, there are gonna be people and events and all these things that are on display to inspire others and to bring um, a story to bear on the past that is relevant to the present and the future. And when we read Hebrews 11, we see these heroes of faith, but the important thing about that is this, those people that are in that chapter they're being added to as we move through the church age and through life in general. And you are chosen out by God to be one of his trophies in the kingdom to come. He wants to put you on display, but not just in the world to come, but even in the now. He wants to make you a witness for his glory and for his revelation in the earth. And so God wants you to be that person that he picks at and on in a special way to tap you for his honor and glory. God wants to make you one of his trophies. 
allow him to do it. You have a destiny in him. Starts with Jesus Christ. Pray a prayer, receive him as your Lord. Let him be your Lord and Savior and begin your march toward your destiny in God. God bless you. See you next time.